and and it's no slight. It's just that you don't think of him in that context. And maybe because he became um, the kind of guy you laugh with. Yeah. Not laugh at, but laugh with. And he became more famous for his, his one-liners. And he was smart enough to develop that persona. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, our, uh, our next guest is the general manager of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, spending a lot of time in the uh, greater New York area. Um, I, had, I guess, had an opportunity to uh, spend some time with the now late Yogi Berra. Lou Lamorello joins us. Hello, Lou. How are you? Uh, good, Bob. How are you? I'm great. Um, it's a sad day, and yet uh, Yogi Berra was 90 years old. He lived life to the fullest. Um, I don't think there were many days where Yogi didn't have a good day. Um, and so um, while we mourn his passing, uh, we do so understanding that uh, he lived a, a pretty good life. Tell us about what you knew and, and what experiences you may have had with Yogi. Well, first of all, he's just a, uh, an incredible human being uh, as far as the amount of success he had. And when you was in his company and the way he handled each and every situation, you know, it just epitomized what you'd like to see young athletes today, you know, have the ability to see just what it's like and what they should be like. Uh, I met Yogi back uh, when I first went to the Devils in 88. Uh, uh, My first owner of the New Jersey Devils, John McMullen, also owned the Houston Astros. And Yogi was the manager there. And not only that, they were close friends. Uh, They both lived in the same town, Montclair. So Yogi became associated with the Devils in so many different ways. Uh, I saw him oh, for so many years, uh, no less than five or six times a week. Uh, he would be working out our practice facility. And he touched many lives of our young players. He would sit there, talk to them in the players' lounge. I spent a lot of time with him. And uh, to me, uh, we've lost something more than a great player. We've lost a person who, as I said, uh, I wish a lot of people would have the, the pleasure and the privilege to be around with the success he's had. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that he is the only guy to stand up to George Steinbrenner, but he, he's one of the very few uh, who, who had the, uh, the gumption to tell George Steinbrenner where to go and basically refused to do anything related to the New York Yankees, including appearances of, uh, that the Yankees do on a regular basis, always have historically, um, you know, honored their, their, their players from the past at uh, old-timers games or whatever. Well, Yogi stood up and said, I'm not going to be treated like that, and uh, George Steinbrenner's going to have to apologize to me before I come back. And damn it, if Steinbrenner ultimately didn't apologize to him. How about that, Lou? Well, I I think that's just a a tremendous credit to Yogi that uh, George Steinbrenner did that. And, uh, you know, I had the association with Yogi at that time and also George Steinbrenner. And that was so genuine, but to see the relationship that they created after that was was just incredible. Uh, and the mutual respect, uh, because Yogi held for principle, and rightly so, and George, uh, you know, really admitting rightly so, and then them coming together. And, you know, in recent years, uh, Yogi is just synonymous with uh, Yankee baseball, uh, you know, each and every day. The other thing, Lou, I think he was synonymous with in the same way that, that you were to some extent and, and guys like Bruce Springsteen were, he was a New Jersey guy, and, and I think he meant a lot to that state, which is always kind of looked at from a distance as being in the shadow of New York. 
right? He was a very proud New Jerseyan, uh, almost a cultural figure there. Mm. Without question, Dave. Uh, and he was proud of that. I mean, he, uh, uh, he did many, many things. His museum, the Yogi Berra yeah. Museum, is right there on Mount Clay's, uh outside of Mount uh, Clare State College. Uh, right. He participated in each and every event that he possibly could. Uh, he entertained the kids. The job that they've done there is just incredible. Um, he belonged to Montclair Country Club, had his golf tournament there each and every year. And to see the amount of Yankee players, uh, former players, come back there year in and year out from all over the uh, country was just incredible, plus players from other teams. You, you just saw what he meant to each and every person. With uh, Lou Lamorello, the general manager of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, a little hockey talk if we can, Lou. Um, we haven't had a chance to chat with you since your um, arrival on the scene. Um, I am not going to suggest for a second that you needed to be retrained, but one of the things that that you know I think we've all gone through is when you change jobs and when you change cities, there's always um, a little trepidation about what you're getting into, what's going to happen, how you're going to deal with things. We're all creatures of habit. You do something with the same organization for a long enough period of time. You do it without thinking about things, and now all of a sudden there's stuff you have to think about a little bit. Give me a general sense of your first, well, relative few days at training camp and um, operating as a general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. How's it been? Well, first of all, well put. I don't think you could have explained it any better that, you know, we've become creatures of habit when we've been in a uh, our situation for so many years and things happen automatically people expect it you don't have to say anything and right. it just runs like a machine and i think that uh, what i've been very fortunate here is that the way the people have been uh, in the organization uh the players have just been tremendous and uh, i knew this coming in and and that's maybe what was so intriguing and then uh, and brendan's persistence made it you know such a challenge uh, is that the people that Brendan has put in the organization, you know, uh, the coach, uh, you know, Mike Babcock, in my opinion, the best coach in hockey, uh, and his commitment to the process of trying to get Toronto where everybody feels it should be. And then the, then the Mark Hunters, the, the, you know, the Kyle Dubases, the, the Brendan Pridhams, people who are essential in different parts. They're people that I would have looked out to and, you know, interviewed and probably ultimately tried to hire. So you felt good coming in because they're strong in their quality and they know what they're doing. So coming in, you felt good. But then you do have the tiptoe approach because you don't want to put something on people where they might be doing things that maybe just in a little different way, but you could have the same results. And I think that's where it's a feeling out process. And, and through that, uh, because I am a believer in whenever you make change, you should go in with no preconceived notions and, you know, give everybody the ability over a period of time to do what they do best. Uh, and I felt, and they made me feel comfortable. It was the reverse. With me trying to make them feel comfortable, they made me feel comfortable. And right now I think we're getting into where we know each other and hopefully we can keep building that relationship going forward. Right. Dave? Lou, you've been you've been around a long time. You know what it's like in Toronto regarding the Maple Leafs. You know how crazy people get. You know how crazy the the media can get about it. Uh, now that you're here, are you starting to see firsthand 
what you thought you would see, or has it been a pleasant surprise, or or are you waiting for the storm to come? How, how is it so far? Well, first of all, you you know you couldn't say also like Bob better is that you know I was sort of warned if that's a good word or told you know what to expect, and you say okay you know the passion that the fans have and that you're going to not be able to maybe walk down a street at different times or this happened. And, and it, it, they're right. I mean, and it's just incredible. And it energizes you, though. That, I think that's, I've sort of really embraced it uh, because you really see how much the fans care, how much they want to have success. And you really want to be a part of that to see if, you know, you can help that. It, it, it really pushes you in, in its own way. So I, I think it's been great. Uh, you know, as you said, maybe I haven't seen either side of it right now. But up to this point, uh, you know, I, I feel very good about the decision made. Uh, I feel great about the Brendan and, and Mike. And I think our job is going to be also to make sure that nobody gets between the three of us. Wait until you lose two exhibition games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and all hell David, breaks you know, loose. Are you trying you know, to tell me something, Dave? Well, at, at this point, they're still waving to you with all five fingers, right? <laughs> That's the good part. It'll change. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, uh, make, me feel, make me feel good for the rest of the night. Don't make me feel bad. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Well, enjoy it while you yeah, got it, I guess, is game. the enjoy answer. It, yeah. um, I haven't asked you this. Have you, um, I assume you've made a decision, but I don't know. Are, are you moving to Toronto? Have you moved to Toronto? Will you, um, um, will you just commute back and forth? Have you decided what your living arrangements are going to be? No, I made that decision prior that I think that, uh, you know, with my personality, you have to make a full commitment or you don't do it. I am moving uh, to Toronto. I have moved Good. here. Uh, I'm still in a hotel right now because I'm waiting to close on a place, but I have yep. purchased a place. So, no, I don't think that with this type of a decision and what the amount of time that you have to put into it, you cannot have one foot one place and one foot the other. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't criticize you, Lou, if you decided to do that, but I would, I would say it would not be my preference, and I've stated that before because we've had people in various sports, um, you know, come into situations yeah. with Toronto teams and decide to live elsewhere, and it... It's it's a thing about Toronto that maybe is right. somewhat unique that that it, it bothers the fan base, and I guess I'm one of those guys. Um, you know, if if you if you're going to represent our city, uh, I think you ought to live in our city at least while you're representing them. So, I think all the fans are happy to hear that you're moving uh, to Toronto. Plus, plus no, you're working I for. That. I say plus you're working for a company that sells condos. You know. It's, yeah, I'm sure they can get you a deal. <laughs> they can get you something. <laughs> no, I did the same when I went to New Jersey. I moved to New Jersey, and, uh, you know, that was, in my opinion, a prerequisite part of the decision that if you do uh, do this, then you have to move. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you on all fronts, uh, you know, and maybe we don't agree on everything, Bob, but we do agree on that. Well, good. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> three games, I think, three exhibition games so far which mean nothing in the big picture um i think the expectation level has been lowered substantially by management of the toronto maple leafs to the point where fans aren't getting all goo goo gaga because you got three wins so far but in general terms uh is this group of players as good maybe not quite as good or maybe a little bit better than you thought they would be 
That's a tough question for me to answer right now, Bob. I have I not seen them enough uh, because what we're dealing with in exhibition games is you're dealing with, uh, you know, sort of lineups that are go anywhere from 60 to 70 percent. So you have players competing gotcha. at the, those, and they're competing at their highest level to make the team. So we won't know that for a period of time. But what the encouraging factor is that what Mike has brought to this group is a, a structure and a, a commitment to work ethic, and I think that's the beginning of a foundation. Now, you need talent and you need other things, but we'll find out a little more you know, once we get right into the beginning of the season. Uh, the concern on the part of most Leaf fans, I think, would be, well, there would be a variety of them, um, but with the trading of your number one goal scorer, um, it's hard to look at this lineup of veterans and newcomers and find a way to replace those goals that Kessel uh, has historically provided for this team. Um, is there a, Are there guys out there that you think can step into that role? Uh, you know, scoring is something it's really hard to teach. You can teach guys to play defense. Teaching them how to put the biscuit in the basket's a much tougher proposition. Where do you think you're at? No, no question. But I, I do think because of uh, certainly watching Toronto play over the years and knowing a couple of players, not to get into any any specifics there, but uh, a couple of people did not have career years. A couple of people have potential, and I hate that word, of being better. So I think that this is going to be an opportunity to them to come to the forefront. We'll find out whether you know, they're part of the solution or part of the problem. And I think that's what we're going through right now. Uh, but you don't replace certain types of goals, but what you can do is play a better team defense and you can cut the differential. So I think in saying that, I think right now it is still uh, all, both Mike and myself uh, you know, sort of trying to find out just who we are, what the individuals are capable of doing collectively, and not so much what can they do individually. Are you, um, I mean, in the, in the preseason, uh, are you talking to other general managers? Are you looking to make moves now? Is this, is this an active time for you at all? No, I, I think right now it's, it's really trying to examine what we have and who we have and and that's consistent throughout the National Hockey League. As you know, each and every year when you get into training camp, everybody, everybody feels good about themselves uh, You know, until the end of training camp or they get into a couple of games. Uh, I, I think go, what uh-oh. we're trying to do now, it would, right, I think what we're trying to do is just see who we are, see what our best lineup is, stay with the plan, and make sure that we don't rush any of the young players. And there are some excellent young players give them a time to develop or get their confidence, get the best part of their game going forward, you know, getting them to work on who they are as assets and, and not get caught up, you know, in trying to be an NHL player before the, their time is. I, I was going to ask, uh, how difficult is it to be patient, to be as patient as you need to be with a young player? <laughs> it, it's extremely patient, but I've said all along, Whenever you think a player is ready, wait at least two or three weeks to make sure. Uh, you know, you, you can get teased. Uh, you can get upset because things are not going good. You, you know, you can't make a transaction, so you look to your own. Uh, but I think that's where Brendan, uh, Mike, and myself have to be strong with each other. Uh, and, you know, and, I, and 
it's going to be tough for three inpatient people because I think we are. Uh, but there is a plan. There is a process. And, you know, I knew that coming in. The three of us spoke to that, continued to do that. And we'll stay on the course. I know we will. Um, Alex Anthopoulos was in with us the other day, and we got chatting in general terms about decision-making. You know, as the Blue Jays move towards potentially the postseason and who's going to be in the rotation if you get to the postseason because they're going to have to cut it from five to technically three plus one. Um, and who do you put on the roster and what, you know, all those little things that um, teams have to figure out at this time of year. And I asked Alex, quite frankly, I said, you know, is it your decision or is it Gibby's decision? And the answer came back. He said, well, it's actually a bunch of us who get together and he said, almost invariably, not one guy doesn't make the decision. Um, everybody kind of agrees on the direction to go. It's rare that their group disagrees on, on you know, important things like this. You have a very interesting dynamic in this group of people with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, so far, is that how you think this system will work? Or ultimately, is it your job to get the players and Mike Babcock's job to decide whether they play or not? Well, I think fundamentally that is the job. Each person has a responsibility. But collectively, you must and should have communication throughout the process. You cannot, in my opinion, acquire a player without having your coach on board. And then once he's on board... It's his responsibility to coach him, not to make him play simply because you acquired him. He has to be someone who can fit in the team. And as a, a coach, he has to respect the responsibility of the person who is making these decisions and what is doing, what he is doing. But collectively, these are conversations that happen in every organization. They have to. Because there's positives, there's negatives, there's different points of view. You, you cannot have success. Ultimately, it will come down to someone making a decision to do it. But everyone has to maybe not agree with the decision, but understand why. And then you go forward as if you did make that decision. You cannot have success any other way. Understood. Uh, I've got people who've tweeted me and ask about this guy and ask about that guy, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain from that at least for the time being, give you a chance to you know, further assess what you have, and uh, hopefully once um, you know, the preseason kind of winds down and we get ready for the regular season, uh, we'll have a chance to chat with you again. You can give us a better perspective on what you've seen and what you think. Uh, Lou, it's great to have you in town. Uh, great of you to join us today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bob. Always my pleasure. And, and Dave, also, uh, thank you. And uh, uh, let's get the game started in Toronto tonight. Blue Jays, yeah, Yankee game. <laughs> Take care, Lou. Lou Lamorello, thank you. Uh, the uh, general manager of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs.